At the same time, this is not intended as a definitive text. Subject matter, such as science, for instance, is well beyond the purview of Caduceus. Indeed, it would be a rather lengthy book that delved into great detail on the variety of topics mentioned in the different chapters. For want of a better description, this text should be viewed as a Rosetta Stone. The Rosetta Stone is perhaps the most famous piece of rock in the world that has become a symbol for the mysteries and the anomalies of antiquity and our endeavours to decipher them. It was the means by which, thanks to Jean-Francois Champollion in the 1820s, Egyptian hieroglyphics could actually be read for the first time. On this particular stone there was a single passage, translated into three languages, Egyptian hieroglyphics, Demotic and Greek. With the understanding of Greek and Demotic, and then paralleling the meaning to the hieroglyphics, the message on the stone was finally revealed and hence the ability to read the texts of the Egyptians and further our understanding of this great and ancient culture initiated. The text aims to present all that we have known combined with alternative and equally viable theories that blend academic thinking and spirituality. These alternative theories, I stress, will be founded on substance, fact, which will be cross-referenced and, at the point of conclusion, should provide a fuller understanding of the evolution of man and from whence we came. At the very least, we should be better comforted by the depth and profundity of it all. The means by which Caduceus will unravel the mysteries, anomalies and the preconceived ideas of traditional education is by the presentation of ancient texts and contemporary commentaries in addition to looking at the hard evidence. This concept of the combination of disciplines is neither new nor original. It has been suggested previously by the biologist and scientist Edward O. Wilson in his book Consilience, The Unity of Knowledge. In the first chapter, Wilson wrote that its central tenet, as Einstein knew, is the unification of knowledge, and that when we have unified enough certain knowledge, we will begin to understand who we are and why we are here. Francis Fukuyama advances a similar concept in detail in his work The End of History and the Last Man, with reference to the renowned philosophers Kant and Hegel. Of Kant's an idea for a universal history for a cosmopolitan point of view, he writes, Kant suggested that history would have an end point, that is to say, a final purpose that was implied in man's current potentialities, and which made the whole of history intelligible. It also provided a standard by which one could undertake the tremendous effort of abstraction required to separate what was essential in this evolution from the great mass of facts about events that constitute the raw material of history. Of Hegel, he comments, Hegel defined his project as the writing of a universal history which would provide the exhibition of spirit, that is, collective human consciousness, in the process of working out the knowledge of that which it is, potentially. Hegel, Fukuyama asserts, was the first historist philosopher, that is, a philosopher who believed in the essential historical relativity of the truth. Hegel maintained that all human consciousness was limited by the particular social and cultural conditions of man's surrounding environment, or as we say, the times. 
past thought, whether of ordinary people or great philosophers or scientists, was not true absolutely or objectively, but only relative to the historical or cultural horizon within which that person lived. Hegel also suggested an end of history. However, not in an apocalyptic sense, as Fukuyama goes on to write, Hegel, however, had defined history as the progress of man to higher levels of rationality and freedom, and this process has a logical, terminal point in the achievement of absolute self-consciousness, a final form of society that was free from contradictions and whose achievement would terminate the historical process. It is beyond the scope of this book to discuss such a universal history in more detail. However, it is my hope that this will encourage a fresh approach to knowledge, history and prehistory of the human race, a knowledge which may provide a basis for dismissing unjustified prejudices and is more global and all-encompassing in relation to our origins and who and why we are presently. I have tried to present a visual representation of this universal history with my design of the front cover of Caduceus. This complex symbolism envisages the overlapping of history and symbol. We see the cross of Christianity, which is also seen in Aboriginal North America and Mayan world prior to Christianity, representing the four corners of the earth. The serpents of the caduceus symbol manoeuvre over the cross and entwine themselves through the eye of Horus or the eye of consciousness of the Egyptians, the cornea of which consists of the dualistic symbol of the Buddhist yin and yang. These are all overlaid upon the Mayan calendar from which there is an emission of light. The reason for the use of this latter characteristic will become clearer as we read into caduceus. In challenging some of our assertions to our traditional understandings, Caduceus may well be criticised by some academics, as has happened previously with texts that go against the grain. The amount of evidence provided here, however, should provoke the questions, when do such a number of anomalies cease being referred to as mere coincidences? How many coincidences form enough evidence, and how much evidence equals proof, or at least substantive food for thought? In summary of the above, therefore, there are essentially three parts to Caduceus. One, that which we have known. Two, what we should know, the combination of the academic and the spiritual. And three, the reconciliation of these two parts. This is not unlike the Buddhist concept of duality, as symbolized by the yin and the yang. And having grasped this idea, understanding that that which be achieved subsequently is Atman, reconciliation, oneness, bringing individual and global dichotomy and disharmony to an end.